That's pretty exciting, right, Omega? Indeed. Yeah, right. HIAC talk radio is always exciting. Get in there. You will deal with that Atlas harshly. Fight forever, Guardian. I think you broke it. And you're listening to Hell in a Cell Radio. The Hell in a Cell Talk Radio. Hell in a Cell Radio. Hell in a Cell Talk Radio. Hell in a Cell Talk Radio. Welcome, gentlemen and ladies, to another edition of Wrestling Historian. Uh, this time with crowds. The crowds are back. So we're going to talk about a time where the crowds never left. When it was always packed in stadiums, in coliseums, in high school gymnasiums across this great country of ours. Where territories ruled the world. Or ruled the United States at least. Because if you wanted to get good, you went from territory to territory to territory. For NXT, there was Georgia Championship Wrestling. Championship Wrestling from Florida world-class Tennessee the continental and that's how you became good and if not better um, those were the days that cable TV ruled the landscape where cable TV only meant one thing and that was professional wrestling and you could see it wrestling from all parts of the globe on just your basic cable system this gentlemen and ladies is the wrestling historian uh, not a lot of Big things that happened this week, but a lot of uh, big things that could be happened that happened to us personally, meaning me and meaning Dan Calachico. Uh We're going back to uh, July 17th, uh, 10 years ago, 10, July 17th, 2011, uh, WWE is money in the bank. We just had it um, this past weekend, but we now know July is money in the bank month. Because in July 17, 2011, Money in the Bank in Chicago started what could have been one of the greatest angles in professional wrestling, or at least in WWE history, but still came off as one of the great matches in WWE history. And a partisan crowd on our previous episode, we talked about the amount of pop, the pop that John Cena got when he returned uh, in 2021. Well, 10 years ago, John Cena was the reigning defending WWE heavyweight champion who was defending his belt against the Money in the Bank winner, Chicago's own CM Punk. And CM Punk had said that he was going to win the WWE championship. And on this day, July 17th, was actually, and this is not kayfabe, the last day of his contract that when he won the WWE championship from John Cena, he was going to take the belt and leave the WWE because his contract was up. And that, in fact, did happen despite the best efforts of Mr. McMahon, who was working on behalf of John Cena. And John Cena walked into a partisan Chicago crowd, even though he was a babyface. He walked into a tremendous chorus of booze. I hadn't heard a crowd that against a babyface champion since that self-same John Cena walked into the Hammerstein Ballroom to defend the WWE belt against Rob Van Dam <laughs> and a right, pro yeah. ECW crowd. And he entered the ring in Chicago the same way, Dan, holding the WWE championship belt aloft as he walked to the ring to a chorus of booze. 
Didn't throw his T-shirt out. They haven't no. thrown back, but still worked heel. Well, despite Vince McMahon wanting to ring the bell early, trying to recall memories of the Montreal screw job. If you can't let that go. Yeah, no, no. Especially not in a controversial match like this. With the go to sleep, CM Punk defeated John Cena one, two, three, won the WWE Championship, and uh, left through the crowd. Why I say it could have been the best angle in WWE history? Because CM Punk took pictures of the belt in his refrigerator, made an appearance at a local Chicago uh, wrestling show, an independent show with, Colt, with his then best friend, Colt Cabana. I think he could have, and the very next uh, day on Raw, they had a, a uh, I'm sorry, the following week, uh, since CM Punk was the champion, he left with the belt. They had a new uh, tournament to crown a new world champion that was won by John Cena. And after John Cena won, here comes CM Punk back. I thought if they had left it go until SummerSlam, if they kept Punk off TV, had him making appearances with the belt, having go on Jay Leno with the belt, having go everywhere with the belt, claiming to be the WWF champion, him coming back not a week later, a month later, or at least until SummerSlam, you could have gotten so much out of that. But a week later, there was CM Punk. But it all started July 17, 2011, 10 years ago this week. It's so weird to talk about because it was still really good. Yeah. But, oh, my God, the, the amount of light we'd be talking about it now if they waited a month. Mm-hmm. But a month. A month. We're still talking about that as one of the greatest builds. A month. Three more weeks, guys. Yeah. Um, I, I think it was done for shock value. Like, I, oh, no, we're back. But I was like, I just remember looking over and going, oh, already? Yeah. I said it. I, I You know, I, I don't like jumping the gun on, you know, the previous episodes. Like, you know, 24 hours and Charlotte lost the belt already, you assholes. Yeah. Give it a give it a second mm-hmm. but i that was one where i was like but just yeah okay. i thought i as soon as i saw him back at the end of raw the following week i said it's too soon yeah it's too soon way too soon drag it out they could have had a huge huge numbers with that you agree no that's what i was gonna say yeah yeah anyway, Thank you, Amber. Uh, july 17th even even the even hamburgers even hamburgers you weren't even born yet and we're keeping her awake like everybody else. Yes, it's like you still talking yet, podcast boy. Anyway, I'm still going. Sorry. Um, July 18th, 1989. Uh, nine months. Stop it. Nine months after their WWF debut. Uh, really? Is that? It's not that boring. We rehearsed this, and you were like all excited that I was going to talk about this fact, and now she doesn't care. Uh, Why were you laughing when you were typing it? I was thinking of something else, sir. Yeah, I was, was it, yes, <laughs> thinking of something. <laughs> July eighteenth, nineteen eighty nine. Eight months after their debut, uh, the team of Demolition lost the WWF Tag Team Championship to Tully Blanchard and Arn Anderson. Good, making Tully and Arn the first ever tag team 
to ever be NWA Tag Team Champions and WWF Tag Team Champions. I did not know that. I didn't know they, they were, were the first ever. They were the first. The Road Warriors won all three, but the first team to help to be both the NWA Tag Team Champions and the WWF Tag Team Champions were Tully Blanchard and Arn Anderson. And no one, no team can ever take that away from them. So they were good. the first. They were so good. So it's one good. of those one of those things you got to look at. Then they were so good, even without. I mean, you know, with the four horsemen, it's a completely different story. But they go to WWF and they get Bobby Heenan. Yeah, and that problem is fixed. <laughs> yeah, the brain busters. Yeah, you know, it's so weird. You know, we talk about the drug culture in WWE in wrestling mm-hmm. uh, in the eighties and nineties and before and after. Um. And why Tully was one of the guys that had to be a catalyst on that is just, oh, just that uh, we, t- you know, we talk about how the punk thing happened too quickly. Can you yeah. imagine if Tully returns with the horseman that holds how much water that holds? It holds a great deal of work, but that was Jim Hurd being Jim Hurd because Tully Blanchard failed a drug test in the WWE. So Jim Hurd suspends him. Preparing a drug test in another company. Well, you know, Jim Hurd's a moron. Exactly why we didn't get Tully coming back. And the match that where they lost their last match in the NWA that I was there for September of 1988 at the Philadelphia Civic Center with Charles Barkley in the front row when the Midnight Express defeated Tully and Arn for the uh, NWA tag team title. That would be the last ever tag team bout in the NWA for Tully and Arn. I didn't know that. I always forget that that is right when he tells that story. Um, yeah. On the one of the best DVDs that ever been put out. It's a great mixture of work shoot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Tully's, you know, he's one of the best, which is yeah. why we always talk. Why the hell is he not on the mic more often? Mm-hmm. Um, where he tells that story and he goes backstage. He goes, well, you want the belts now or do you want it in Philly after the match? Yeah. He bluffed. He won that bluff. He won that yeah. bluff. Yeah. And then Jim Hurd immediately stuck it to him two years later. Fucking asshole. Yeah. Go back to Pizza Hut. Yeah, but I was one of several missteps. I said this week's uh, wrestling historian would be great personal interest to me and you, Dan. I neglected July 17th. I know you took the day off from work on that particular day. That would Well, that would have been a Saturday. You don't work anyway. But I'm sure you celebrated July 17th anyway, since that would have been the that was happy belated birthday happy belated 46th birthday to dan's future ex-wife the lovely daphne did you just be my wife please yeah please okay i said happy birthday okay i know you did but i wanted to i don't mark over a lot of people i know with one exception (laughs) yeah and it's a happy belated birthday to the lovely Daphne, July 17th of this past week. I always like pleading her case because it was one of those people that came in WCW in the later days who didn't come in as a wrestler, but somebody who was like, I'm going to, I'm putting the time in and I want to be a wrestler. Mm -hmm. It became a damn fine wrestler. Yeah, she did. Wrestled all over the indies, shine, shimmer, Mm -hmm. uh, wrestlelicious, unfortunately, Um, but everywhere. Yeah. And... A great personality. Great so, personality. Um, she, she, go ahead. No, go ahead. Daphne, folks, for those of you who are not familiar with Daphne, one of the great characters in, in wrestling history, 
she was doing Harley Quinn before doing all Harley the cosplaying. Yes. yes, she was doing Harley Quinn before anybody. When Harley Quinn just first came out in the Batman cartoons, and then in the comic books, she was doing Harley Quinn before anyone. That's what got my attention with Daphne. Not only because she was unbelievably a great character and one of the best screamers ever, but uh, you couldn't take your eyes off her when she was on, at ringside. But she was, she was doing she was doing Harley Quinn cosplay before cosplay was a word that's in everyday vernacular. So do yourself a favor, look up Dan's future wife, Daphne, and happy belated birthday, Daphne. She started as David Flair's stalker slash love interest. And then ended up wrestling hardcore matches, and in, in which unfortunately led to the end of her wrestling career. Where yeah. Then TNA later on fucked her over. Yeah. Um, I just always appreciated past all that BS we were just talking about. Where, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I always appreciate where so I'm going to do this. I'm going to work at this. And money where her mouth was, became champion. Wrestled the the circuit, wrestled all over the world. I like Daphne. Rock on. She follows me on Twitter. Even better. Uh, Unfortunate. It's an unfortunate reason she unfollows me on Twitter, which had nothing to do with her or I. And we don't talk about that person anymore. Let's just say that I couldn't say the word gator for a long time until Loki came out. Okay. Continue. We'll just leave it at that. We'll leave it at Uh, that. Which brings us to today in wrestling history. Um, 1973, uh, Houston, Texas, uh, the stage, uh, Jack Briscoe and Dory Funk Jr. had a series of historic one-hour draws across the country when, uh, Dory was the NWA champion and Jack Briscoe was, is the heir apparent at matches in, Flo- in Texas and in Florida, um, and it was thought that Jack Briscoe would eventually go over Dory Funk Jr. And Dory really didn't have a that much of a problem with it, except didn't want to lose it in Texas. Well, um, the NWA had other plans and said, July 20th, this day in wrestling history, 1973, we're going to crown a new NWA champion because we got a new belt, the gold globe belt that we see today well uh in may of that year harley race defeated dory funk jr and on this day july 20th harley race was presented that brand new gold belt before the match and had his picture taken with paul bosch and then harley race would go on to lose that nwa belt that he was presented with at the start of that match, and he would lose that belt to Jack Briscoe. And Jack Briscoe would become the NWA heavyweight champion on this day, July 20th, 1973, making Harley Race at the time the shortest reigning NWA champion of all time. He only held the belt for 53 days. And no one had held the belt for a shorter amount of time than Harley Race. He held that ignominious record. Um, and that stood for another six years mm-hmm. before Harley Race, you know, Harley Race would regain the NWA belt. We know that four years later, 
beating, ironically enough, Dory's brother Terry for the NWA championship. Both Funks, Dory Funk Jr. and Terry Funk, only held the NWA belt once. And both men were defeated by the same man, Harley Race. Which tells you all you need to know about the NWA and the Funks, and also about Harley Race. But on this day, uh, Dory Funk Jr. did not want to lose the belt in Texas. So instead, enter Harley Race, the interim champion, and Jack Briscoe defeated Harley Race on this date, July 20, 1973, to win the NWA championship belt that we that we know and love right now. The one same one held by Nick Aldis. But uh, the 10 pounds of gold, the 10, the original 10 pounds of gold, but it was presented to Harley Race at the beginning of this match, Dan, uh, 48 years ago today. But uh, would end up with Jack Briscoe. And normally I would end it since it is today in wrestling history, but uh, I want to go forward uh, to July 22nd because we have a litany of Hall of Fame people that were all born on the same day and it was too good to pass up. And since there will will be no wrestling historian next week, so I'm going to get it all in now. End of July already, jeez. Where did the month go? Well, we already know it was no Turn Signal Tuesday, Dan, so that should have been your indicator. That should have been my indicator. It was all over. Yeah, Yeah. that the month is coming to an end. So a happy early birthday, July 22nd on on July 22nd, uh, the fabulous Moolah would have been, would be 98. Terrible bitch. No. <laughs> uh, the gone too soon, David Von Erich would have been 63. Can you imagine? Uh, the, yeah. They're still with us. Shawn Michaels will be, will be 56. And now the former WWE 24-7, I-95 South, <laughs> European television heavyweight champion, Akira Tozawa, will be 36. <laughs> All of them born July 22nd. And that, gentlemen and ladies, is the Wrestling Historian. And you can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter. At Craig Lagon, C R A I G L I double G E O N S. By the way, Sheldon's mom said, Hi, Amber. That was from earlier, but we were on a roll and I didn't want to. Yeah, you can't interrupt her. I didn't want to disturb the diva again. Yep, there, there she is. Oh, shit. She heard her name. She, she and I have history. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah, I'll see you soon. Is that that flashlight motherfucker talking? Is that that fucking reflective asshole? <laughs> That son of a bitch had me going for five minutes and nobody said a thing. Follow me on Twitter. I torture cats. I don't really. That's it. For legal reasons, that's a joke. Can't get any more social media problems. <laughs> Danlaw83, the HIC Talk Radio Network is, uh, if you look up on yours, that totally threw me off on your iPhone, on your Android, Spotify, any podcast app. Look up HIC Talk Radio Network. Follow, like, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. Tell your friends, tell your tell your parents, <laughs> tell your dead parents, tell your dead relatives. Wake the kids, phone the neighbors. Yeah, yeah. Uh, tell them to follow the network. Big, uh, bright green and blue new logo. We had to remove a logo, so I revamped everything. But follow us there. For Craig McGon, I'm Dan Kalchik. <laughs> <laughs>